Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you all having a great day out there today. Muscle Monday, talking about anatomy, physiology, more importantly, what the heck do we do with it or about it? So, I had a patient I was working with recently, uh, eval coming in and having some shoulder pain, long-standing shoulder pain, like three or four years. It got worse recently, um, kind of disuse over time. Started using it less um, due to some of the pain they were having. Anyways, we're talking today about the capsular pattern restriction. And this is an instinct, a protective instinct that the body has, where our capsule around our joints tighten, stiffen up, um, get less willing to move. We can talk about a myriad of reasons and theories, but basically it keeps us in our more open pack position. So our closed pack position is the maximal point of tightness, of tension, of stability in the joint, whereas our open pack position is a position of easiest movement to access, which means that when these joints and areas get limited, what happens is is that they remain in their open pack position. And it's harder to get to these end ranges and access them. And that's exactly what happens with the capsular pattern for the shoulder or any other joint. So for the shoulder, what happens is that we have this very predictable pattern when the entire capsule gets tight. We have the greatest loss of range of motion in external rotation. The next greatest loss in abduction, arm out to the side, followed by a loss of internal rotation, and then finally a loss of overhead flexion. So again, the motions for the shoulder that are most limited for the capsular pattern in order of significance, in order of being most limited, external rotation, then abduction, then internal rotation, and then flexion. And this patient of mine, she fit the pattern right on with a strong with a very big exception. So she almost fit it. Here's where it didn't quite hold up, where it didn't quite remain true. She had great abduction. Right? So it felt capsular, it felt limited. But abduction was good. So what's going on with that? Well it turns out she had a lot of inferior joint laxity from just a lot of depression, a lot of um, poor scapular control, a lot of kind of minor anterior inferior subluxations over time. And so with this, right, is that in this scenario, yeah, she did have a global capsular pattern of the shoulder, but there is an overriding laxity in this inferior direction that allows her, allowed her to go up into abduction. What do we do for a, if we're talking about pure accessory glides for the shoulder to help with abduction? Well, you're gonna go do an inferior glide. And so if we have a ton of laxity there, there's no more room to need to be gained. So she's already got the abduction that she needs. Good to go. So, the capsule pattern for the shoulder is not always the only factor at play when there is tightness restriction. It doesn't quite match the pattern, it usually means 
That's because it's not influenced by the power and that there are other forces at play. But if it is and it's a little bit wonky, look for these other things. Look for laxity somewhere else that you might or might not expect it. So don't just kind of rule things out immediately based on first textbook glance. But let's be critical about what these textbook definitions mean, why we receive those definitions, what we can do about it, and how we can leverage them to better understand the anatomy around us in the functional world. Because that's what it's all about, and making an impact and clinical decision based on that. So, for her, alright, capsular pattern with a ton of inferior laxity. We're keeping that in mind where I don't need to waste any time on abduction effect for the mobilization I'm doing. I'm going to do it for her in a slight amount of elevation. So that way we can kind of protect a lot of those structures in that inferior capsule and not let it dip down. So she needs some inferior control stability, needs some mobility in other places, strengthen the muscles up around it. That's the name of the game. That's the game plan. So rarely, rarely is it ever just one thing. Especially the longer things go on, there are different compensation patterns that occur. It was likely for her to start out as just an inferior laxity. She didn't like the motion. It caused pain and irritation from hypermobility. Stiffened up as a protective mechanism. Not as a specific motor control to prevent excessive kind of inferior dipping or a sulcus sign. But a overall global pattern to assist and to help say hey let me add some tension in here and that will help provide the solution for me our body is usually not very concerned with the long term we have to make behavioral changes to make that happen we're good at surviving we're good at getting through that's what our species creatively does all right y'all hope you enjoyed this hope you appreciate it again take a deeper dive and find out where these layers of the body intersect and cross over simply not easy.